Hello, good evening, and welcome to today's training topic on margin and markup. My name's Andy Crook, and I'm taking this training topic, uh, and it is my mission to help garage owners become more successful in business. I do that by delivering a training topic every week on one of the five pillars of business success as I see it. So today's topic is all about, if you like, the mystery of, of margin and markup. They're easily confused, and we'll find out why uh, during this topic. So what I'm gonna get you to consider to begin with is a scenario, and then what we're gonna go through is I'm gonna explain the difference between margin and markup, uh, and what the, the key thing to remember about them, and, and why there is always a, a little bit of confusion about it. And then we're gonna look at uh, a scenario whereby we start talking about the application of uh, margin and markup, uh, and I'm going to address some self-limiting beliefs that that some uh, garages have around the subject of of pricing uh, parts. And then I'm going to ask, how do we add value? And we're going to consider a couple of examples. Hopefully, uh, that's what we'll go through. Uh, and if we get chance, I'll ask you a question at the end that doesn't really have an answer, but it's something for you to, to go away and think about. So the first scenario I want to get you to think about is when we're discussing margin and markup is simply this. I want you to imagine that you're fitting a set of brake pads that you have bought from a motor factors for £50. However, when you sell them to the customer, you're going to price them at £80. So you're buying them in at 50 and you're selling them out at 80 and what I want you to consider is, is, is the simple facts of what is the margin and what is the markup on that, on that transaction. So we'll start with margin. And the margin of that transaction is 37.5%. And the way I like to look at sort of margin, or I try to remember margin, it's the profit you make on each set of, of items sold. And the formula for margin expressed as a percentage, as it normally is, is the selling price minus the cost price divided by the selling price multiplied by 100 to get your percentage. So margin is calculated as a percentage of the selling price and shows what portion of the selling price is profit after covering cost. That is, if you like, what margin is. It sounds dead simple until we add markup into them into the mix and this is where it all becomes a bit confusing now in exactly the same transaction you've bought your pads for 50 you're selling them for 80 your markup is 60 percent because you've increased the price by 60 60 percent compared to what you paid and the formula for calculating markup is the selling price minus the cost price divided by the cost price multiplied by 100 to get you to a, a percentage. A markup is calculated as a percentage of the cost price and shows how much the selling price exceeds the cost price as a percentage. Now, the confusion between the two terms is because both calculations use both selling price and cost price in the formula. However, the thing to be clear of is which one you are using when you set the pricing. So it's common for businesses to talk uh, about margin and it's common for businesses to talk about markup. 
And it doesn't just need to be garages businesses, it can be anything. And you might get into a conversation whereby somebody in, in, in a similar kind of industry that buys something from a wholesaler and sells it on to the customer is talking about their margin. And you have to be absolutely clear that they're talking about margin. And if he's talking about markup, you have to be clear if they're talking about markup and they haven't got the two confused because it's incredibly easy to do. So once you know which one you're dealing with, you can start to understand what the difference is when you when you talk about them. And and we'll we'll go through this a little bit more as the as this sort of training topic goes on. Uh, and, and you'll start to get an idea why they're so different. So right at the beginning, we can see our markup is 60%, which sounds great, but our margin is 37.5 on exactly the same transaction. So it, it sounds better and it's often easier to calculate, calculate your, your markup because most people can, can use a calculator very quickly and they can add 60% to the selling price to get uh, the to the sorry the cost price to get their selling price if they know what, what their markup is on on a particular product so let's move over to the self-limiting belief section because this is the bit that i find um confusing for myself when i speak to garage owners because when i ever have a, a, a conversation uh about parts with garage owners a similar conversation always comes up uh, and it and it's it's a I think a self-limiting belief that we've somehow it's become uh, if you like garage law uh, as I call it um, and what I find is that garage owners think that the parts that they sell the selling price is somehow dictated to them by the people who they buy it from the wholesaler and and the the problem comes about normally because in the past, I think garages have been very, very, uh, if you like, reliant on the motor factors for giving them the selling price of the part because they 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 often ask what the retail price of something is and the price to them. Uh, and from that, they can obviously price up the job. Uh, but what we're doing there is we're asking another business to tell our business what we should be charging for our parts, which sounds a little bit weird when you when I put it like that but it's the way it's been going on for years and years and years now what happens then is when you go to the the main dealer and you don't get anything like the same discount the garage then believes they can only charge the retail price that the the dealer would to anybody who walked off the street uh, and the conversation I get into is always the same well sometimes I only get 10% discount on most items and if it's a special order part I get zero how can I run a business on that level of margin or markup so which one of those two is it and that's the first question when you get a 10% discount from on from the should we say the main dealer when you bought a part do you add a, a margin of 10% or a markup of 10% that's the first thing to consider is it markup or is it margin? Well, it's markup, which is really bad news because that means the margin's much less. However, what you'll find is that the local motor factor gives you a much better discount or 
in, in as we would like to call it now, a markup of sort of typically 33%. But where does your local motor factor get their recommended retail price from? Do you have any idea? Is it worth having a conversation with them? It might be, because what you might find is they're making it up too, and that there is no recommended retail price. So what you should be doing is thinking about who sets the selling price of any product that you sell in your business. Is it the dealer? Is it the factor? Or should it be you? And can you charge more than the recommended retail price for anything in your business? And why is this such a hot potato? Why is this topic such, such, such if you like, such fiercely debated whenever we get into a conversation with it, where people think that if I suggest that they can charge more than the, a, a member of the public could by working it, walking into a motor factors or into a main dealers, you can charge more than that price. It's somehow seen as, as ripping people off. Uh, and I don't think it is. And I'll give you my reasons when we start talking about added value. So what is the, if you like, the atomic action for today's training topic? I always like to try and give give you a, a, a takeaway, something to work on. If you if the subject's interested you and you think, oh, I need to consider this in my, um, in my business, what do I need to do today? I've been listening to this. Well, do you have at least 33% margin on all parts sold in your business? Now, it might not be on every part sold, but on average, if you took, if you like the cost of parts for a given period and the amount you sold those parts for, would you have a 33% margin? Which is, if, if you like, I would consider the minimum amount you should be considering in your business, which is a 50% market, by the way. So that every pound that you've invested by buying parts returns you £1.50. That's one way of looking at it. Yeah. If if you if you're starting to look at this for the first time and you, you're looking at this and you think, oh, that's a big jump because I'm nowhere near that. A 25 percent margin is 33 percent markup. But that means one every pound returns one pound thirty three. So you can see that they're the two, the most commonly quoted numbers that I see uh, and that there's no limit to this. That's why I'm talking about this in the self-limiting belief section is because somehow it's somehow become folklore within the, the garage community that you can't charge more than the RRP. And I disagree with that. And I think you should be making sure that you have at least a 33% margin on all your parts as an average. On some parts, you'll get much more. On others, you might not. And it's down to you. And it's almost like on an individual basis. But you need to get into the habit or get more comfortable removing that self-limiting belief. Get more comfortable with charging more for your parts. And to do that, the only way I can make you feel comfortable about it is I must get you to consider how you add value. How does that add value? Because once you, you, you know you're adding value and you know what the value is that your business adds, you're more comfortable adding the price. And I'm not into, and it's not what this isn't about, is ripping people off. What it's about is, is a fair exchange, and that's what I always talk about. So let's consider a can of Coke. The same can of Coke can be bought for 30p at a wholesaler, 50p in your local supermarket. However, 
when you get to a petrol station, it costs a pound. And that same can of Coke can be as much as £2.50 at the airport after you've gone through check-in. It's the same can. The only difference has been where you bought it. What was the added value? So much so that I picked a can of Coke because we've probably all bought one from a wholesaler. We've probably all bought one at the supermarket. We've all bought one at the petrol station. And we've all bought one at the airport or the cinema for much more than we knew we could have bought one for. But we happily give our money for it. What do you think the added value is? It's convenience. Yeah. Once you've gone through, you can't take your own can through check-in, can you? You, you can probably sm smuggle your own can into the cinema. But it's a bit embarrassing if you get caught, isn't it? So you're happy to pay. Yeah. On the petrol station, it's, it, you're not going to you're filling up with fuel. You're not then going to drive to another location just to get a cheaper can of Coke. It doesn't make any sense. It's convenient to get it there, even though you're paying twice as much as you would in the supermarket. But you're happy to do so. So what is the value that you're adding in your business to the parts that a customer buys that you're going to fit for them? You're adding convenience. That is one of the things you're doing. The customer does not have to order or collect the parts. You're also warrantying that part. Although the warranty in effect comes from the person you bought it from, the wholesaler, yeah, but you're warrantying against defects work, workmanship, but there's an additional warranty that you put on that, which is you're ensuring that part is correct for that application, that it's suitable for that vehicle. That is part of the warranty that not it's it's implied but it's never said to the customer you're also ensuring the correct quality is fitted as the expert you determine the correct level of quality not the factor or the customer it's up to you to determine the quality of the parts that you fit we often ask the motor factor for their advice but ultimately it's down to you if you only fit oem or tier one parts and for whatever reason a job is it getting expensive and you decide to compromise on quality and 12 months later that vehicle's back and you're taking that part off and putting it back on with a replacement part because the quality wasn't there you're then into a whole load of sort of wrangling with the motor factor about the quality of the part is it was it a year ago was it a year and one day ago when it failed etc etc so that's what you're doing what is all that worth that's where the value is. So what you also do is you provide quotes, don't you? And to get the quotes, you've got to spend time finding out what the cost price is and adding on your value. Not your rip-off, your value. You're adding value. So what is that worth? Does it matter that the customer can buy it cheaper over the counter at the dealer or at the factors? If you think about it, why would a factor sell anything to a member of the public for less than what they sell it to you. If you put it, think of it like that, the immediate reply is, well, they should never do that. It should be trade. But think about it. They deliver it to you. They warranty it with you. Yeah. They don't, you, you, they keep records and you keep records. So you can always go back to them. You don't need to produce a receipt. Yeah. If you think about it, a motor factor dealing with a garage is more expensive for the motor factor to do that work with than it is a member of the public. So, you know, the days of getting our, if you like, 
getting annoyed or getting our knickers in a twist with motor factors because a member of the public can buy it for the same price or possibly cheaper than you're being charged along over because it doesn't matter. What we're worried about is the value that we add to the price of that part. So before I finish, remember margin focuses on profit as a percentage of the selling price while markup focuses on the increase from cost to selling price as a percentage. It doesn't matter which one you use, as long as you understand which one you're using. 33% margin is not the same as 33% markup. So just before I go, a little bit of bonus content, something I'd like you to think about. And there's, there's no answer to it, or if you like, you can put it in the comments section and we can, um, we can discuss it, if you like, forever in there. But this is more something for you to think about. And what would what is what is the difference here? What is the difference between the brake pads that we talked about right at the beginning of this sold for £80 with £50, £50 labour charged for fitting against the same set of brake pads sold for £130 with free fitting? I'll say that again. What is the difference between the brake pads sold for £80 with a 50%, 50 pounds labour charge for fitting and the same set of brake pads sold for £130 with free fitting. What is the difference? I'll leave you to think about that. If I've made you think about markup, margin, remove some of the mystery around it. I'd get you, thought you've, get you thinking about your self-limiting beliefs around about recommended retail price and getting you to consider how you add value to your parts then I've done my job. It's over to you now to make sure that you are getting enough margin or markup, depending on which one you prefer to use on all parts sold. And have a think about that question. What's the difference between £80 for the pads and £50 labour or £150 for the part with free fitting? Comments in the comment section. Thanks very much. Have a good evening. Cheers.